Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. True Hauntings is a frightfully good production. In a quiet corner of Wilder, Kentucky, in the United States, there sits a nightclub that has been the site of murders and suicides and features a gateway to hell itself. The experiences within this building are the stuff of legend. Even the owner's wife could not escape the wrath of the demonic energies within the building, having been a victim of their anger and was seriously injured in just one of her many encounters. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we enter through the doors of Bobby Mackey's Music World Honky Tonk Nightclub to find out how it got to be so haunted and why it continues to be a home to so many violent spirits. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. The first employee hired at the country nightclub, a caretaker and handyman by the name of Carl Lawson. Carl told Hensley that he had had many strange experiences since he first moved into the apartment upstairs. One night... After the bar closed, Carl swept the floors and cleaned and stacked all the tables and chairs. He then walked over to the kitchen and filled a bucket with soapy water. Suddenly, he detected the unmistakable odour of rose perfume. Aware that he was in the presence of a spirit, he asked, What the hell do you want? Instantly, he heard a rough voice growl, Get out! A few seconds later, ten glasses on top of the bar flew across the room and smashed against the wall. Bar stools began dancing and banging into each other. 
Incensed that all his hard work had been for nothing, Carl exclaimed, Come out and face me! As the echo of his angry words faded away, he felt cold hands grab him around the neck and fling him to the floor. When he regained his senses, Carl caught sight of a man with short brown hair and a hangman's noose dangling from his neck. Terrified, Carl bolted down the hallway and exploded out of the door into the parking lot. He looked up at the overhead office window and, seeing the face that had confronted him a few minutes before, Carl climbed into his Oldsmobile cutlass and tore out of the parking lot. Welcome to the studio, Anne, and we welcome back all of our listeners for this episode of the True Hauntings Podcast. Hi-de-ho. I've had a, a funny little uh, anecdote with this one, is that when we decided to do this, I just happened to see Alison and Cag, our friends from South Australia, Haunted Horizons, are actually going to this location um Probably right now. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? It will be interesting to see what they find after we started to dig into this. Yeah. Now, didn't we sit down and say, let's do something that has <laughs> loads of information. And it'll be really easy it'll to be, do. Yeah, it'll be really easy to yeah, do. Yeah, considering my dad's wake is today. I just <laughs> wanted to do something that'd be nice and easy. And lo and behold, no, we've opened up a can oh. of worms in the portal oh. to hell. Oh, yeah, it's a good old portal to hell. I always like a portal to hell. Yes. It's a bit of fun. Yes. All right. Uh, so... So I, um, and as usual, what we do is that we research uh, on our own. I have the history part of it and you are the debunker or you bring up the ghost stories yep. um, and we we talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I went off and did my research, found some really interesting stuff, read some books, uh, read some stuff online, uh, listened to a podcast or two. And we've got to let people know we've done a quick turnaround on this, so... I haven't I haven't done as much as I wanted to do because once I I found the information I just wanted to keep digging. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um and this is a well-known one. Bob, Bobby Mackey's is a is quite a well-known story uh, because of the number of TV shows that have been recorded at Bobby Mackey's and uh, the number of people that have taken time to go and investigate for themselves. So this bar has been featured, uh, as I mentioned, on numerous paranormal channels online. Numerous. And it was featured on the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures as well as Portals to Heaven. Hell, oh. uh, with Ozzy Osbourne's son, oh, uh, yes, Jack. Jack. Now, um, it kind of really gained notoriety, and I'm kind of going to start at the end, uh, because it was the very first lockdown that the Ghost Adventures show went to. And I remember it. And that's <clears> why <throat> I actually suggested we do that one, because I remembered this episode. Yeah. And uh, they say that... Uh, they got a lot of activity at Bobby Mackey's. Much of it was very negative, and of course, that just blew the show up. Yep. In that everyone uh, wanted to watch it, and it, it came across as one of the most haunted and best locations ever. 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 Uh, so let me now go to the very beginning. A very good place to start. And one of the first things I want to explain, especially because a lot of our our listeners are from all over the world. What the hell is a honky tonk? 
That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. What is a honky tonk? So I had to look it up. I know a honky tonk piano, slightly out of tune <coughs> piano that uh, you play um, sort of rag songs and and that sort of tunes. Yes. On. Yeah. yeah. More or less. So it's got something to do with the the the, the um, overall value of what it is that you're calling honky tonk. Yeah. It's a little bit off. Yeah. You know, a little bit winky wonky. Funky, yeah. A little bit. You know, <laughs> wibbly wobbly. Wibbly wobbly. And if uh, you think of um, you know, the song The Entertainer. Da 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 dum ba da 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 dum ba da 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 ba da da da. Bom. You know that one? Yeah. That's the sort of honky tonk you'd play on a, a honky tonk piano. Yeah, an old piano that's probably singing in a corner somewhere. Maybe not all of the keys work. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're and, sticky. They've had beer poured down yeah. them, and maybe a poo. And that's that's. <laughs> it's happened to me. It's happened to me at one of the um, what? I'm sure I've told you this story. No. I used to be a musical director for a local uh, uh, amateur musical society called Metropolitan Players. And um, they had a piano in the main hall and they had a piano out in the smaller hall. So I used to take people out the back to uh, rehearse uh, their songs and things. And um, I walked out to the smaller room and I've gone, oh, there's an odour in here. Where's that odour coming from? The, the bathroom was right, right next door. So I just assumed it was that. And I've... Um, I've gone to sit down on the piano still and I realised it was getting smellier as I got closer. So I sort of had a sniff on the piano still. I went, oh my God, somebody has urinated on the piano still. It it's a church hall. Who does what? that? So I, I sort of moved that away and then I got the, um, the just a plastic chair to sit on and then I went to go and play the piano and the keys were sticking. What? So oh, I've no. opened up the oh, top no. of the lid of the piano no. and I've looked inside to see a giant turd across <laughs> the felts of the hammers. You so have not some, told me this. Somebody has sat up... <laughs> And taken a dump inside the piano. I was, I was offended and mortified. I, and then, of course, then you're thinking, what have they done on the keys that I've just tried to play on? Oh no! It was horrible. It was just horrible. Like, was it like had it been there for a long time? No, Could it was you pretty fresh. <laughs> I'd say they'd had a function within the last week, and, and I don't get it because there was a toilet right next to it. Oh, Why would you dear. do that? Whose mind goes, hmm, I need to do a poo. Let's open up the top of the <laughs> piano and, and do it there. Look, And it, who was watching? Look, um, it could have been a ghost because... That didn't we've, smell very ghostly. <laughs> we've had a story at um, a, a place in Sydney where... A, a poo has been found in a cabinet. Oh, Prince Henry Hospital. Yes. Listen to that podcast, everyone. Yeah, so it could have been a ghost. And it was I'm warm, gonna... wasn't it? Oh, and that one. That one. <laughs> I didn't put the fingers in it to see if this one was warm. Oh, Smelt fresh. Dear. But sorry, we have squirrel very early. <laughs> oh. Couldn't have missed that story. No, no. So right. honky-tonk piano, off you go. It would have been right. classified as a honky-tonk piano, this yes, one. Yes, honky-tonk. <laughs> That's what we were it's talking about. It's a bit wibbly-wobbly and poopy. <laughs> Uh, yes, so we are talking about Bobby Mackey's Music World, which uh, at the moment is a nightclub and a honky-tonk, and it's located, as as we said, in the opening in Wilder, Kentucky, in the United States. And it is owned by country singer Bobby Mackey. Oh, surprise. And uh, and his wife and, uh, and their daughter, and they have... And their dog. And their dog. And their cat. And uh, <laughs> uh, this place is a nightclub. 
uh, in the early, maybe hours, um, late hours of the evening. But then, then it turns into a paranormal adventure playland for people who want to come in and investigate and explore all Mm. the legends, myths, stories Mm. uh, that are connected to it. A lot of people say uh, when they are there, they have uh, been scratched, they have been pushed, they have heard voices, they have seen dark shadows, all of this sort of stuff. They're all very special people. Yeah, well... (laughs) <laughs> that's I'm not going to get into that. That that's your bit. But it is promoted as the most haunted nightclub in America, and uh, he owned this, or he took it over, I believe, in around the 1970s. Yes, uh, a little bit further on <coughs> in the night, um, late 78. Yeah, I think late it was. 1970s. But let's go back to the very beginning of what this building. Because look, I've looked at this building. It's you. You can't. <laughs> you, you can't kind of say it's stunning. We can can't you? talk about its architectural <laughs> delights. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> not it's not like, like a shed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's a shed with some lean tos. Yep. And you go. Um, yeah, I don't even know whether. Mm, okay, let's go in and have a look inside. Yeah. So, originally, let's go back in um, in history and in the 1950s, oh, sorry, 1850s, so more than 100 years beforehand, yeah. uh, it was actually used as the local slaughterhouse and meat packing um, place. Hmm. So, they would um, slaughter animals in there and... Um, One of your favourite places and, to visit. Yeah, and process them. Uh, and mm, Devon. Uh, <sighs> And uh, I think one of the biggest features, which, you know, looking at the building itself, I can't picture what it would look like inside uh, at the time that it was a slaughterhouse. But they they say that there was a huge well in the middle of the building that was dug so that that was a place that collected all the bodily, f- all the animal fluids. Like blood. Blood and guts. Guts, bits and pieces. Eyeballs, um, anuses. <coughs> oh, no, they use those in sausages, don't they? <laughs> Devon. What do they call Devon in America? Luncheon meat, I think. We call it Devon and we put it on a sandwich with tomato sauce and a good slab of butter. Delicious. Delicious. Cousin Steve would like it, I'm sure. (laughs) That's what kids in the 1960s were forced to eat for lunch. I have to tell you, Devon in Australia is much more tasty than the luncheon meat in America. I just remember when I got some thinking it would be like Devon in America, um, I tried to peel a slice off the other slice and um, the amount of fat in it just would not allow me to peel the slices apart. Sorry, I squirreled again. (coughs) Right, Renata, back to you. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, so, uh, again, 1850s, large slaughterhouse, packing facility, uh, and it was constructed to serve northwestern Kentucky and nearby Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and uh, as uh, I also mentioned, on the lowest part of the building, there was a well uh, that was dug so that it could hold blood, guts and waste from and the it slaughtered animals. had a tunnel that apparently sort of sluiced out to the river. Because it was mm. it was very close to the Licking River. That mm, licked that right up. Mm. It's good burly though. You imagine <sighs> the fish; they'd be out there gobbling that stuff up. 
Now, the, the slaughterhouse the slaughterhouse worked for about 40 years. That was a big well, I tell you. Mm. Uh, and uh, you could the, put a cow down that. <laughs> you could, or a person. Uh, and the building was left vacant for a number of years after that. Well, that's what everyone thought, that it was left vacant. Vacant, but of course, you know, any old buildings like that that have such a history, uh, there tends to be uh, already a, a mythology that gets built built up, especially for those people that might be on the edge of society. Um, and that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, on the edge of society, and those looking for a cheap thrill. So the story goes that there were satanistic rituals that were held on the spot. Uh, there were people going out there at night um, to scare each other or lovers. Oh, I wouldn't know. Lo- oh, lo- lovers oh, trying geez, to find that's a, a good, good way a to consummate your love, isn't it? Oh, darling, I know a nice well where there's blood and guts. Oh, let's, no. let's go down there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so yes, it, even though it was empty, I'd say um, at night frequently, if you saw lights flashing on inside there, uh, you, you just didn't go in. It you was, you left whoever. They're very there romantic and wild, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but then we had uh, a big story come up associated with the building, and that was in 1896, and that was the murder of Pearl. Um, Poor Pearl, Pearl Bryan. And she was a 22-year-old little gorgeous lady. She was. Um, and she was from a small town called Greencastle, Indiana. And this actually made headlines uh, all around the, the region. So this is a true story. It is. Uh, and Pearl's body, uh, all except for the head, was discovered across the road from uh, this place, from the slaughterhouse, um, less than two miles from it in a field. Did you hear about um, her sister? No. She actually came from quite a big family, and her sister's name was Belle. This is not a joke. This is real. Um, And I found this little uh, story uh, in the Topeka. um, It said, Mrs. Belle Yates is in a critical condition as a result of being caught in a folding bed. Oh, she is completely paralysed and no hope of her recovery is expressed. Besides uh, suffering fatal spine injuries, uh, Mrs. Yates was nearly smothered before aid reached her. What sort of folding beds did they have back then? Wow. Oh, my God. It's like a tr- like a, a, a rabbit trap. Oh, it's snapped, a, snapped a together. Tra- and, I, yeah. I can't. Wow. I, I can't even comprehend how that would happen um so she did sadly pass uh, mm-hmm. from her injuries which is oh hang on there's a bit more the bed was a large one of the oak variety and had shelves and drawers for books it stood on four large casters but in some way two of them had been removed in the afternoon mrs yates had hardly got into the bed when it overbalanced owing to the absence of the two casters the head of the bed fell flat on the floor and the lower part of the bed came over on top of it and swung shut pinioning the unfortunate woman inside wow so it's not I was thinking it was a folding bed, like, you know, how we used to have fold-out beds mm-hmm. that visitors could sleep on? The bed folded up. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, poor darling. What a way to go. 
Sorry. Back I've, to Pearl. Back to Pearl. You're welcome. Um, at 22 years old, uh, she had some friends who wanted her to visit. And, uh, of course, so she came uh, to visit some friends on the way. Uh, and during that time, she met some fellows, um, Scott and Alonzo, who were friends. And uh, she had, at some stage, a bit of a dalliance mm-hmm. with one of them. Um, and she found out that she was pregnant. Now, the, the story kind of really takes a twist from here. So please uh, be aware that we are going to be mentioning some things that, um, you know, are pretty graphic are, are pretty graphic and quite sad, especially if you um, have any sort of post-traumatic stress with regard to um, pregnancy and, and losing a child. Yes. So just, just be aware. Um, this is recorded as, as historical fact. So yes. we do know that this actually happened. Um, <clears throat> Scott didn't want Pearl to have this baby. They were in a relationship, but, you know, having a baby wasn't going to be something that, as far as Scott was concerned, was going to be in the mix. Pearl obviously really wanted, um, she was probably a good Christian woman and, you know, couldn't, couldn't kind have of been that good if she's um, had a bit of a woohoo beforehand. And yeah, she's but, been a you know, girl. The, these things happen. And, you know, she, she really you know, didn't want... Um, to do this, so no, it they were be they really were, against. Yeah, her they were they were working beliefs. out ways on how to get Pearl unpregnant, <laughs> um, and for her to have um, an, an abortion. abortion. Uh, so they kind of suggested a couple of things. Um, they wanted her to take cocaine. They thought that that might um, be able to get her to miscarry, and they also wanted her to take a a um, concoction of ergot which was going to also um, have uh, the miscarriage happen. Mm-hmm. She was quite pregnant by that stage. I think she was about five months five pregnant, months, yep. um, which you know was going to be really difficult. Now, the thing was that she didn't want to do either of those things. She was just adamant that um, it wasn't going to happen. Long story short, uh, she was um, given cocaine, um, Which was available freely back then. Yeah, from the pharmacies. Yep. A, a large amount of it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they took, the two men took her off um, and as she was under the influence of cocaine, uh, they tried to... Dislodge the, yes, the fetus. Yes, yes. Yeah, give, give her an abortion. Yeah. Now he, um, Scott, was a... Uh, a um, Dental student. Dental student. So just kind of mentioning that he probably thought that he could do it in a way where she didn't feel anything and that possibly... Wrong end of the body that he normally works on. You know, um, if he could just sort of get this... Not all orifices are the same. Yeah, get this done. One has teeth, one doesn't. But it it went wrong. It went awry. Who would have thought? Yeah? Yeah. and they they tried to get it to Cincinnati first. So I was just going to say that. They did try to get it to Cincinnati to see someone, um, but uh, that never happened. And um, after the cocaine thing um, they and this whole thing going wrong, they um, she was dead. So what what do you do? They freaked out. Okay, what what do we do? We've got to get rid of this body. We've, we've, this, this is now just gone 
nuts um and these two guys are going how do we do this they they ended up considering that the best thing to do was to get rid of her body uh but to decapitate it to remove the head so that no one could recognize who this person was or had been they weren't real bright were they no no so they threw her body into the field um Mm -hmm. two miles from uh, bobby mackey's Mm -hmm. and they took the head and disposed of it and to this day no one knows where the head went yeah so do you know they even offered them a plea that if they would reveal where her head had gone they would um, change the sentence from execution to life Mm. and they still would not reveal where the head was yeah or they claimed they didn't know because they didn't do it yeah yeah they were both executed on March the 20th, 1897 for the crime. Now, in just after that, there was a cafe that was built on the spot. There's more story, but you're going to go a little bit more into that. Yep. Uh, a cafe was built on the spot of uh, Bob, Bobby Mackey's and uh, it became an illegal gambling joint uh, and there was also illegal booze that was sold there and it became, oh, must have been during prohibition was yeah, it it be, it be, yes it became um speakeasy uh, yeah speakeasy and owned by um a gentleman called ernest brady to begin with um Oh no! That this came beforehand. Yep. Sorry. 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 That was that's me. Um, that is you. <clears throat> so people um, knew that it was a place of ill repute and that things were going on there. Uh, it was kind of owned by the mafia. Uh, multiple murders were committed there. Uh, no questions were ever asked by the police. So the police may have been paid off. Don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Don't know. So I'm not going to say. Uh, but the local police kind of just um, would drive past or not drive anywhere there at all bodies were dumped also from the murders that were committed there no one asked any questions and in 1993 sorry Ernest uh, Brady took over the place and uh, made it into a cafe and turned it into a successful casino Mm. now um, he had the the nickname of Buck Yes. Buck Brady. Yes. And he called it the, uh, the Primrose. Oh, what a lovely name. That's such a sweet name. Yes. Now, he was actually pressured to sell it to uh, the Latin Quarter and again, the Mafia took over there. Uh, in the 1950s, uh, it was a uh, very strong gambling den until about the 1961, about 11 years, uh, until the locals kind of said, look, this is getting beyond ridiculous beyond a joke it's getting beyond a joke here you have to step in this is the law enforcement and do something about it um so eventually they did and uh they closed the club down um brady didn't know what to do after that um and maybe look he took his own life in 1965 I dare say he probably had a lot of secrets. Mm-hmm. Whether he was being coerced to maybe tell some of his secrets or whatever it was, he ended up taking his own life, as I said, in 1965. But before he did, he cursed the location. Oh. He said, this this ended my life. This was 
not what I had intended. Um, you know, we probably wanted to go off and, and you know, live the life of luxury for whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone put the hard word on him. And so, you know, he did take his own life. But did he? Or, you know, was there a reason? Or was it a mafia hit? Yeah, it was there a reason for that. We're not saying it was. Please don't come and get us. No, 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 no. No. Uh, now, in 19... Uh, yes, it, while it was uh, called the Latin Quarter in the 1950s, uh, there was a, uh, a dalliance again between uh, the nightclub owner's daughter and a singer. So, Joanna, the nightclub owner's daughter, um, so Ernest's daughter, uh, fell in love with a singer, Robert Randell, uh, who performed there again. Oh, boy, did he perform. Yeah. Again, she got pregnant and she wanted to run off with the young singer, but her father said, no, you are not. Um, and he used his criminal connections to have the singer killed. Oh, ah, that's a bit, bit over the top. This is karma coming back to him, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, wow. <clears throat> and so when Joanna discovered uh, what had happened, she then went and poisoned her father, um, which is a yeah. little bit of a different story to him taking his own life uh and then she took her own life in the basement of the building yeah in the same place where pearl Bryan had been murdered more than 50 years ago apparently apparently allegedly allegedly uh yes so after that it uh in the 1970s it became a hard rock cafe (laughs) and not the hard rock cafe that you see in all the you know big capital cities around the world where they have a, a nice burger restaurant yeah when we were in um <coughs> amsterdam uh, well there was amsterdam and was it germany or prague we were so close to the hard rock cafes mm-hmm. yeah. it was prague yeah yeah so um yeah not one of those hard rock cafes okay, where right, you go right. in and you see the museum they do nice stuff for heaters in there i like nice food and everything this was a hard rock cafe for the australians that's fajitas uh, where, where they had um, bands come in, I'm trying. Bands come in that you know really sing loud, yeah, and they have long hair. Hard and, rock, yeah, hard rock. Think of the 70s and 80s people, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in 1978, Bobby Mackey and his wife Janet bought the place. Now, Bobby Mackey was quite a talented country singer, uh, and he had performed all over the place. And he kind of was a local. He was a small town um, boy who was very down to earth. And I'm hearing the lyrics for songs. It's just a small town boy. Very yes. down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he kind of just decided that this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to start his own honky-tonk bar. Is this another one of these <coughs> locations where they call in, the spirits call in the owner that they want to take care of them? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Bobby was quite sceptical. So, you know, he probably heard a lot of these stories, but he made no... Made nothing of it. He didn't believe in ghosts. And when things started to happen, and as you said, this fella who kind of came in um, at some point within the first year, within the first couple of days, Carl appeared, Carl Lawson, 
And he kind of, you know, said, he was only about 20 or so, and he kind of said, look, I've been hanging around Bobby Mackey's for a while. I know the ins and outs of this place. So if you want any help, I'm here. Mm. I'm, I'm here and I can help you. And uh, he, yeah, he was taken on straight away. Uh, Bobby went, this is a really good idea. Yep, come on in. Uh, we'll get you to do all the odd jobs and everything. And he, this is when Janet started to have weird stuff happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, a lot of weird stuff and a lot of stuff that wasn't very nice. She she came under attack and um, at one point in time she was pushed down the stairs and almost lost her baby. Again, a pregnant woman. So, so it's three pregnant women being and attacked. she was five months pregnant. Yes, yes. The same amount of months. <clears throat> and they had to, they had to actually... Um, uh, 
Yeah, the, there's a page. Bobby Mackey's is a Facebook page. Yep. They have singers coming in. They're doing a great job in there. They've place is full all the time. The yep. nightclubs ripping and roaring. They've got Australians popping in. Yeah, and um, ghost hunters are coming in more and more to this place. Yeah. Oh, my turn. Yeah, turn. Oh. Well, first off, I wanted to start off by saying that the soundscape that I used was from a book, which I'm just trying to grab it, called Haunted Kentucky Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Bluegrass Estate by Alan Brown. And I remember when I went to America, uh, oh, geez, how many years ago was it now? It's probably about nine years ago. Um, That'd be more. Uh, There was... Our friends who were traveling with us, Jason and Julie, and Jason has since passed. Um, they, when we left them, they went to Bobby Mackey's to do an investigation. They mm-hmm. hired the place to themselves. Oh, did they? They did, and they did their own investigation. And they, they were telling me that the, the country of Kentucky is beautiful stunning mm-hmm. uh, and the rolling gla- grass. He said there, there is no words to describe how beautiful it was. They didn't get anything at the time, but, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really enjoyed the experience. So I thought what I might do is start with um, a really good, solid uh, base of information to tell us about some of the things that have happened at this bar. So when you want to get good, solid information, we go to the Travel Channel. Um, so here <laughs> is some of the paranormal activity and speculation surrounding Bobby Mackey's. Some still believe the building's basements hold the gateway to or portal to hell itself, which is, again, as you said, the reference to the slaughterhouse that was yep. there. Uh-huh. There are stairs near the well in the old slaughterhouse that have been deemed the stairs that lead to nowhere and phantom footsteps can often be heard on these stairs. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that was from the time when it was remodelled because at one stage the whole place was actually demolished and all that was left was the well and the base area of the slaughterhouse and they rebuilt on top of it, oh, supposedly. You'd think they'd do a better job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's now still going on with the Travel Channel and its font of information. Some believe that spirits can't cross flowing water So the rare northern current of the Licking River may be keeping the dark forces trapped inside the building. Maybe they don't realise they can go a different way, but that's okay. The former caretaker that lived in the apartment upstairs claims to have been demonically possessed by the spirits. That's Carl. That's Carl. His exorcism was performed in the club by a minister. What? He was was exorcised. In a nightclub. In a nightclub. I wonder if it was a show. Did they sell tickets for that? I would have gone. It was performed. See, performed in the club? Oh, no. no, no I'm, I'm playing on words here. A patron <coughs> claims to experience suffocating heat. That's, I bet they were a 50-year-old lady. <laughs> a, a flying trash can. And a man with a handlebar moustache repeating, die game, die game. Uh, apparently, which is Latin for dying well or dying good. Um. Oh. I don't know why a, a cowboy with a moustache handlebar would be speaking in Latin. He was but possessed yeah, as well. He was in the, the men's loo, the, right. the restroom. Bobby's wife claims to have been overcome by the scent of roses in the basement, grabbed around the waist, picked up, thrown down, pushed down the stairs by a force that resembles sketches of Alonzo Walling screaming, Get out! Get out! 
And she refuses to set foot in that club again. So Alonzo is one of the two that, young guys um, connected with, with Pearl. Pearl, mm-hmm. correct. <clears throat> uh, Bobby Mackey claims not to be a believer, but he did write a song entitled Johanna uh, about the young girl who committed suicide in the basement in the 1950s. Um, and I think if I remember correct, Jolene, the uh, Dolly Parton song, was also related to that as well. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, I might be speaking out my ass there, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, Bobby Mackey's friend Doug Hensley wrote the book Hell's Gate. Now, that was, I think it came out in 2001, and that's when everything blew up about the stories associated with uh-huh. uh, Bobby Mackey's. I tried to get a copy yeah, of so did that. I. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time was not our friend. Uh, historic photos of Pearl Brian match witnesses' description of a headless ghost dressed in turn of the century clothing and photos of Buck Brady. Now, he was the former. Ernest? Um, yep, the person who owned the club. Uh, also matches description of ghosts that have seen been seen on the premises. Yeah. So people have identified it. They've held up the photo and said. Was this one of the ghosts you saw? Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm <laughs> Poor Pearl didn't have a head. How do you recognise her? She couldn't speak for herself. What, did they just hold the photo up and put their thumb over the head and say, do you recognise her? Oh, poor Pearl. Poor Pearl. I want to talk to Pearl. Yeah. Hot spots in the club include the spotlight room and the catwalk over the stage, the well in the basement, the old china room, and the platform area near the kitchen. That's the ones who didn't get a cup of coffee. That's where Renata would haunt. <laughs> oh, would. Those places where there's no kettle in the room and we and have to suffer. And they've got international roast. <laughs> I'd I'd be haunting that place. People have also claimed to see ghosts in the big pitted mirror in the main room. The club manager claims that on several occasions she would go through the club and make sure everything was turned off and closed down for the night. Then hours later, she'd find that the bar lights were on, the front doors were unlocked, the jukeboxes playing, the anniversary waltz. Now, apparently that song is... um, quite pertinent to the the story of uh-huh. Bobby Mackey's and that's the one that's oh how we danced on the night we were wed uh-huh. um, yes I used to play it in the band I was mm. in uh, and another club employee has seen a dark very angry man behind the bar and a spirit who called herself Joanna uh, or Johanna who would often speak to him and leave the scent of roses in her wake mm. well that's that's the summary But I've done a little digging, as you do. But before I dig too deep, you do know that I I like to do some TripAdvisor reviews. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I do like a TripAdvisor review. Uh, What do we got? Oh, did you know that they, um, on Friday and Saturday nights at Bobby Mackey's, they run ghost tours on the hour. Wow. It's that popular. It's that popular. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, And according to their website, they offer two-hour guided tours guided by a private... um, uh, Sorry. We offer two-hour guided tours, private group investigations and public event hostings. Uh, On the two-hour tour, they take you around all the accessible buildings of the area. Um, They provide you with the history of the location, reported paranormal activity. So it it is a tour. Mm -hmm. It's not an experience. Mm -hmm. You do get 
you can take some small hand hand handheld equipment, but you don't get the opportunity to um, investigate. investigate. Mm -hmm. The cost is $35 per person and a group of four or more people will be $30 per person. Sounds like fun. And you will pay cash upon arrival. They Uh do not offer any sort of uh, machine, Uh but you can... Right, they also offer a five-hour investigation for up to 12 people for $650. So, I mean, I suppose we could just go and book out the place and and go for our lives. Anyway, let's get on to the review. This was at gatekeeperparanormal.com. She was there. This is Jessica. She was there on the 7th of January 2018. I had the best time ever in my life. I had wanted to go to Bobby Max for almost 10 years, ever since I seen it on Ghost Adventures. I loved to visit haunted places. Everyone there was nice. My fella got me a pic of Bobby and after the tour of the basement, I wanted to get it autographed. The tour guide told him I was a fan and I went in the green room with my fella to sew Bobby. He was... Sorry, he is one of the nice Ed people in the world. His like his been his friend forever. I will come back, believe me. Love the music and love the friendless. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, but you know, there's more. Moving on to TripAdvisor, this is uh, October 2019. So obviously they've had a, a bit of a break in the middle there because of the restrictions that the the big C in in uh, not the big yes yeah Miss yeah. Miss Rona we'll have yes. to call it because yeah. um, otherwise we <laughs> they uh, they stop sharing your video or your audio around if you use that other word. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was uh, October 2019. We had fun. Did not experience anything paranormal. Our guide was Angie. And she was terrific. I hope I'm going to get time to talk more about Angie. She told us all the history reports. Um, it definitely smells like wet, rotting wood. <laughs> <laughs> but the tour is great if you're into ghost hunting. It's a very creepy, huge building. I kept thinking of seeing stuff. But we were able to de- debunk car lights or our equipment reflecting off surfaces. It was just the three of us in the whole building. And to me, it felt like we we're being watched. My hubby said he didn't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> Good hubbies. Uh, All right. We went... This is another one. We went around the back and outside to the basement entrance. And on entering, you really want to know how the building is still standing. (laughs) Exactly. The walls are crumbling, brick and concrete. This is where they shoot the beer bottles down, shoots into 55-gallon drums all night. There are about eight to ten drums full already. There were, now this is in inverted commas, faces, the wall of faces, which is water seeping through the decaying concrete in different formations. The dressing rooms are former performers with a red light on to add mystery with the dying rose in a vase. Vase. Hell's Gate is a hole in the floor that is falling in. It's supposed to be the slaughterhouse room where they hung and bled the cows. It is said to empty into the river, but is now capped to keep the river from flooding the basement. Pros definitely do the half-hour paranormal tour if one wants to learn the history of the place and all the tragedies that have occurred, drinking specials, mechanical bulls, billiards, and plenty of seating to listen to the entertainment. 
cons. The Paranormal Guide talks throughout the whole time, so doing EVP sessions was a bust. But definitely take pictures with your camera or phone. Also, the lights are on during the ghost tour, so capturing photos of things, looking for things to move or shadow people in the background will be difficult. And I was disappointed that we couldn't stand it in areas with the lights off for a few minutes to see if anything would occur. Oh. Gee. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, that was that some good little bits and pieces there. But now I think it's time to dive, in, dive into the nitty gritty. Now, when I'm researching this stuff, I always try to find that nugget of gold. And I remember the Ghost Adventures show, and I didn't even bother looking up to see the phenomena they got. I remember Aaron or Nick or somebody or Zach's running screaming from the bathroom because something had happened in there. And there was a lot of screaming and running and... Um, Go back and have a look at it, guys. It's it's really quite funny to see them so early on mm-hmm. in the season. Mm. But I found this book uh, and, oh, now I've just got to find the name. Okay, it's called Paranormal Fake More Nevermore, Real Histories of Haunted Locations by Shannon Bradley Bias, Byers, uh, Paranormal gene- Genealogist. Print publishing and it was done in 2017 and basically what happened is that she was watching the episode of Ghost Adventures and she heard them starting to talk about the Pearl Bryan's case uh, at Bobby Maggie's and she thought oh okay she's done a whole heap of research on Pearl she knows all about Pearl's story mm-hmm. and they started to recount the story of what happened to Pearl And apparently she started to swear quite loudly at the television set because there may have been a few furfies. No. Really? (gasps) Fancy that. So she's saying that they may have distorted some of the facts. And uh, it is true that Pearl was murdered. Absolutely. Yes, she was pregnant by Scott Jackson. And um, there is all this talk that apparently... Jackson and Walling were affiliated with a satanic cult and they beheaded Pearl and used her head in sacrificial ritual, which was said to have taken place in the basement well of Bobby Mackey's Music World. Yeah, look, I I also read that in one account and I just I left that out because I, I wanted to just read the the facts about Pearl, but That line gets blurred really quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. So she did her research and she went back in history. And let me tell you, this person has done really good research. She's gone back through newspaper articles and and, uh, she was the one that found the story about the, um, I think it was her, uh, the the. uh, sister being folded up in the bed. Or that might have been the haunted Kentucky. But I think if there was any satanic cults in the area at that time... Now, when was Pearl murdered in the 50s? I think it was. I think that would be gossip, and I think it it would be known. But Mm -hmm. the satanic cults didn't really kick off that much till the 70s, were Mm. they? Mm. Uh, So there is no evidence whatsoever of a satanic cult being in that area at all. Now, the murder itself occurred on John Locke's farm in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, not Bobby Mackey's world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to get the next bit. 
There's also a story about bloodhounds that were brought out to track Pearl Scent. And uh, the scent was tracked to the slaughterhouse. Uh, there was a story about Scott stood on the scaffold and threatened to come back and haunt everyone. Uh, not true. Mm. Uh, she's actually had written here what he said. I'll, I'll find that for you in a second. Uh, there were also many other things that did not happen on the property. And one of them really quite surprised me. Uh now she she's not saying that the place is not haunted. She believes it really could be haunted, but not by the entities that they're reporting. So not long after the Civil War, the area was known as Finchtown um, and uh, was then called Gallows Gap because of an illegal lynching place that took uh, that happened nearby. Um, so there could be hauntings in the area from about 20 people that were illegally lynched. Mm -hmm. There was a bridge collapse a quarter of a mile from the property where 39 people died in 1892. So why aren't people talking about those books? Why aren't they talking about these ghosts? Um, Were they... um, They weren't pregnant, obviously. Didn't fit the narrative? No. No. Uh, There is, um, if you look at the map of Finchtown, and she did put that map of Finchtown there, it shows that the slaughterhouse was located in the southwest part of town, not where Bobby Mackey's Music World stands today. Oh. 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 Right? Um, Yeah. So there was a local resident, um, apparently that had a small uh, butchery, like the one that we went to in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, that may have been on that area. No, I'm getting my, my facts muddled up there. Um, so it it was several hundred feet south of there and not even a commercial slaughterhouse. It was a small home operated by a local butcher to serve the local residents, like the German one. Uh, so where did that information come from? Mm. Yes. Uh, in 1876, Robertson, uh, who uh, was the... Um, oh, hang on. Uh, George Robertson built the distillery, um, applied for three tunnels under the railway from the distillery to Licking River, and these were used to pump water into the structure for distilling processes. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of these tunnels are still in existence, and one of them is what has been deemed the well to hell. Mm-hmm. So there was no blood, guts, and cow- carcasses going down there. It was water for a distillery. I hate my job sometimes. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> so there's, there's no satanic cults coming because they're drawn to the blood and guts and everything of the world to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is not even a, uh, a slaughterhouse on there. When the two uh, men were hanged, uh, as I promised, I would tell you what their last words would be. Uh, it wasn't that... Um, you know, they're going to curse the place. Neither of them gave the crowd the evil eye. Uh, and Scott Jackson uh, didn't even 
remotely say anything like, uh, you know, he's going to curse the town. So this is the quote. Jackson was described as standing erect and playing the part of an actor. Walling trembled with his eyes downcast. At that point, Jackson was again asked if he had anything to say. An eyewitness said Jackson hesitated fully two moments before he replied. Before he spoke, Walling turned expectantly, evidently believing Jackson would speak the words that would save his life, even while he stood on the brink of death. Walling half turned around and he stood in that position with an appealing expression on his face, while Jackson, without looking at him, upturned his eyes and replied, I have only this to say, that I am not guilty of the crime for which I am now compelled to pay the penalty of my life. So when Walling was asked, he said, nothing only that you are taking the life of an innocent man and I will call upon God to witness the truth of what I say. Right. Uh, no one that reads the stories from any newspaper in the narration in 1896 or 97 will find the word haunt, satanic cult or slaughterhouse. Hang on. So they're the late 1800s. Pearl was mm-hmm. back that far. It was yes. Joanna, which was the, the 1951s. My apologies. So there definitely wasn't going to be satanic cults happening. They 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 had their hellfire clubs and those naughty things in <coughs> Ireland and England. It, and It wasn't an American not thing. Not America. No. No. <laughs> Uh, modern day stories about Scott and Alonzo. Um, apparently, they, they were saying things like uh, he was the Prince of Liars. Um, but who knows? Who knows what really happened? Now, the, I'm going to go into some gruesome facts about Pearl and what happened to her. So, as you said, um, they concocted this story. They were going to go to a different town and she was going to go visit a friend or something. But the, the plan was they were going to try and get rid of the baby. They actually approached a doctor mm-hmm. and uh, they said no. Um, they uh, they did uh, they did try to uh, drug her with cocaine. Um, they mixed some other things, as you said. Her autopsy showed that she ingested a substantial amount of drugs shortly before the death. The cocaine didn't work as they'd planned, and they hired... Now, I'm just reading this. They hired a black man by the name of George Jackson to drive a carriage that they had rented. And uh, when George testified later, he said that the female he uh, never seen the face of was alive during the trip. She was alive. Yes, she was. Uh, George came forward to tell them about what happened. Um... He said that he got scared because he could hear her moaning in the back of the carriage and pulled over at the distillery on Licking Pike. It's the closest pool that ever came to um, Bobby Mackey's. Not the distillery that was at the Bobby Mackey's. Um, refused to go any further, but stated that Alonzo jumped into the driver's seat with him and pulled out a gun forcing him by saying, you black bastard, if you try to jump out of here, I'll send you to hell. So they dragged poor old Pearl out of the carriage and George ran off at that stage, um, damaging the lantern. That came back later because they examined the carriage and found that the lantern was damaged. So Mm -hmm. that was proved that supposedly his story was true. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, they cut off her head, but the mistake they made was they left her shoes on her feet. And she was recognized because of her shoes. Oh, okay. Isn't that bizarre? Uh, Pearl's body was discovered on the lock farm the next morning, morning minus her head. Uh, they said that she was alive when she was decapitated. At uh, the crime scene, there was arterial spray found on leaves as high as three feet. 
Wow. And the ground was soaked with blood. Oh, dear. Uh, well, they were going through arteries, obviously. So. But, but get this. This is what really disturbed me even more than that. Mobs of people swarmed the area looking to take anything for the scene as a keepsake, including bloody leaves. Mm. Yeah. Entrepreneurs set up vendor stands in the area selling things as well. Pearl's murdered... Um, Made what? A, Pearl's murder made a lot of money. What? And still does to this day at yes. Bobby Mackey's. Um, her unborn five-month-old fetus, I'm sorry, everyone, ended up in a jar that held peppermint sticks at the drugstore for people to pay to look at. What? Oh, that's horrible. I, I have to tell you guys, I didn't get any further than this story. I know there's the whole jo- Joanna story as well and all the other stories of the exorcism. I got this far and I've just gone, what the hell? I just thought it was so important to tell her story and I really thank the person that wrote this book. Um, yeah, so that's that was the story of Pearl. I... Um, at the end of her her story, um, and this is a great book. I'm going to actually buy the book. I just found this on Scribe, but I would like to buy this book and support um, Shannon Byers because I think it's just really well done. Um, Mementos of Pearl were being given away as late as 1903 when the shoe company that manufactured the shoes that identified her gave away pieces of the cutting board that made them to several hundred employees. <laughs> I mean, that's that's dragging the bottom of the ocean. That really yeah. is. It's like oh, she yeah. walked past this place. So let's let's pick up some dirt and put it in a jar <laughs> and sell that. Poor Pearl. Yeah. Um. And look, this this person is saying that you know. Uh, she believes that Pearl probably is haunting somewhere. Yeah. But why would she be at Bobby Mackey's? Yeah. There is no reason for her to be there. I Would you guys like us to do a second episode on the rest of the stories of Bobby Mackey's? Would you like us to do some more digging and a look at the other alleged hauntings? Uh, I, I had to wrap it up there. I literally was running out of time as we are today mm-hmm. uh, it's been a rather hectic week um let's go further let's go uh, yeah you let's wanna, go further you want to go further okay let no let's let's go further Anne, and let's do a second episode because okay. this this justifies episode number two okay it really does because it this story did suck me in yeah it opened up a portal for sure but yeah. it wasn't a portal to hell it was portal to the truth of yeah. what's of what's going on um and, and it, we it's really funny because you know in in many cases those that go and do these ghost tours and everything are just like those people that went to see the uh, the body in the um lolly jar yeah uh, we're looking for... But I have to tell you, I probably would go look at that too because that's I've got a macabre interest yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I wouldn't make up stories about it. Mm. I wouldn't tell furfies and mm. disrespect the, the honour of these people. Um, but I'm just going to finish off my little part here with a quote from the book. 
A lot of money has been brought in since a book published in 2001 made the first untrue claim that had been a place of satanic worship in the 1800s. This started a snowball effect that continues to get bigger every day. Patrons and paranormal investigators have had lies that line the pockets of parastars, book publishers and TV producers shoved down their throats for decades. It makes me wonder why the majority of people seem to care so little for the truth of what actually happened happened <sighs> so that's a quote yeah i'm not that's not me saying that so don't come sue me um but yeah all right we'll we'll do an episode two hopefully mm-hmm. for next week we'll see how we go mm-hmm. the rabbit hole goes deeper but in the meantime thank you for joining us if you'd like to show your appreciation for the work we've done please consider buying us a cup of coffee buy me a coffee Anne and renata if you just search that you'll find it uh and uh we've got things to do now so thank you for being with us share the podcast around we love doing this work and we thank all the people who have sent beautiful condolences messages i really appreciate it so much guys we'll see you on the dark side don't forget to be frightfully good and don't Don't be be a a dickhead. dickhead bye Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com.